This podcast was first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South community access radio station. For more information on Fresh FM, as well as links to other great local podcasts, go on our website freshfm.net or download the accessmedia.nz app. Hello, you are listening to From Rags to Riffs with me, Will Sowerby. For anyone who is just joining the show, if this is your first episode you've ever what, um, listened to, uh, I'll just give a brief overview of what the show is about. Uh, on the show, I go through various subgenres of popular music and discuss the key artists, albums, and as well as its history from its origins and probably maybe a little bit into now if it has survived that long. Uh, some genres I've done in the past, I've done a bit on reggae, a bit on rock and roll, a bit on country recently, and a little bit on garage rock. There's, there's a lot. You can go and listen to them on Fresh FM's website if you want to catch up. Anyway, this, today's episode will be on rockabilly. Now, this will be completing the last section of of what has effectively turned into a long-running trilogy on various albums leading up to and including the original wave of rock and roll in the 1950s. So I started with that, and then I thought, oh, I'm kind of missing a little bit of backstory on it. So I've gone back and I had a look at country music, which is a direct influence, and now I'm at Rockabilly. So Rockabilly is an electrified and aggressive version of country music, in the same way that rock and roll would become an aggressive and electrified version of traditional R&B. Uh, rockabilly was a small movement and it has a lot of crossover with the rock and roll scene as a whole. A lot of the key members of the rockabilly movement would go on to become key members of the rock and roll wave as well. And because of that, I have actually been forced to omit several very key artists from this episode um, by key artists, I mean extremely key. For example, there will be no Elvis Presley on this episode, as I covered him in the rock and roll episode as well. So, yeah, there is a lot of bleed over between the two of them. However, who I will be covering on this episode are very much, still very much great artists. So don't worry about that at all. Uh, we'll be taking a little bit of a look at Buddy Holly as well as Eddie Cochran, and we'll be ending on a bit of Johnny Cash as well. And I'm probably going to do a solo episode on him in the near future, so keep your um, ears peeled for that. Anyway, we're going to kick off straight into Buddy Holly, the man himself who has influenced hundreds of artists over the years. The man is a legend with a career and life that was cut tragically short. However, this is not Pulp Fiction, and we cannot start this great story with its ending. So, Buddy was born on September 7th, 1936 in Livet, Texas. From a young age, he was very, very interested in music. Uh, all of the Hollies were music quite good musicians in their own rights. His brother apparently um, had a band in high school which Buddy would tag along with, and wanted to play with them at one point they entered into a talent show that buddy insisted on joining in playing the violin however buddy could not actually play the violin so his brother greased the strings up so it wouldn't actually make any sound uh the brothers won the contest um which must have been a massive boost to buddy's confidence despite not realizing that his violin probably wasn't working entirely right um 
he eventually found his way to guitar again through his brother, who was a guitarist, uh, and um, but he insisted on having one like him, which his brother then taught how to him how to play. He was very heavily influenced by uh, classic country music, so Jimmy Rogers and the Carter family, for example. Both of them I covered in the country episode, which was the one immediately before this. So if you want a bit of a catch up on that particular subgenre, then go and have a look see at that. It also shows directly how the two genres bleed into each other and then bleed further into classic rock and roll. Eventually, Buddy would go on and form the Crickets, with whom he would record his first major hit and probably his most popular song to date, which was the song That'll Be The Day. This song was such a smash success with producers when they recorded it. They recorded it as a demo first, so a very rough recording. And it was so popular with producers that when they released the proper version of it, it was the demo. It wasn't changed at all. Generally, you'd re-record it and make it a bit more professional. They released the demo as the official recording, and that is how it has stayed ever since. Which stands testament to both Buddy's writing ability, the band's musical ability, and just the sheer quality of the song. Uh, That'll Be The Day was their first major hit, and it really set off their careers. They have several other really important songs as well. One of the other most important songs from this particular period was the song Peggy Sue. So Peggy Sue was a song that was initially named Cindy Lou after Buddy's niece. However, the name was changed to Peggy Sue in honour of the then-girlfriend of Cricket's drummer, Jerry Allison. Uh, Jerry was initially labelled as the only writer of the song alongside their producer. However, after Buddy's death in that plane crash, it was his name was posthumously added to the writing credits for this particular song in honour of his memory. The song Peggy Sue actually received a sequel uh, later in the band's career, which is the song Peggy Sue Got Married, which was initially recorded by Buddy himself. So it was written and recorded when he split from the crickets and went and recorded his own solo records. Uh, however, the after his death, the crickets recorded uh, their own version using um, Tex, uh, Lubbock, Texas native David Box as the frontman of the band. He both looked and sounded a bit like Buddy Holly, apparently. Um, and that is the version I have uh, available on the show. Unfortunately, Buddy's one was only recorded as a demo and is actually kind of hard to locate. So... It was used as the theme for a film, the same uh, self the same film, Peggy Sue Got Married, uh, but it is very, very hard to locate the demo version, so I do have the Crickets version here instead. It is still a very, very excellent song. Do not let that fool you. I also have the song Rave On as well, which is, I believe, a Buddy Holly solo song as well, which gained quite a bit of critical success. Uh, Buddy Holly was tragically killed in a plane crash near Clear Lake in Iowa where they were where he and his band which he had put together for the event was travelling to the winter dance festival 
there. Um, he boarded a plane, a small plane, alongside Richie Valens, and um, it was a close friend of his, and another very famous musician in his own right, um, along with J.P. Richardson, also known as the Big Bopper, and pilot Roger Peterson. Uh, the plane would go down near Clear Lake later on in that flight, killing all on board. There is a monument to him in Clear Lake, Iowa, which is a pair of his signature horn rim glasses mounted on a plinth. A giant-sized pair of his horn rim glasses mounted on a plinth. And yeah, it, was, it was just a massive loss for the music world and the artistic world as a whole. But he left a legacy of truly great music, which inspired a lot of major artists as well. He was a direct influence on one John Lennon, who needs no introduction, really, if you're a fan of music at all. Um, Apparently, John really looked up to Buddy as a kind of an idol, having to wear a similar pair of glasses, he states, um, when he was younger, which he felt very, very embarrassed about, believing that they made him look very geeky, very awkward. However, when Buddy Holly rocked up and became one of the biggest rock bands in the world, one of the most major musicians in the world, all the while rocking his signature glasses, uh, John felt far stronger as a person, and he also loved the music as well. You can't deny that his music is amazing. John described him as being kind of like the everyman. He is the person who you could look at performing on a stage and he looked just like you. He wasn't done up, he wasn't flashy, he wasn't glittery. He was just a guy from Texas playing the guitar and you could really relate to that, which made him a very, very popular. All right, I'm going to jump into his music. I'm sorry that was so brief. Uh, having to cram everything into an hour is a bit of a bane on this. <laughs> but I'm going to jump straight into his music here and we're going to kick off with... Uh, that'll be the day of course and we're going to be following that up with Peggy Sue then Peggy Sue got married and finally we'll be topping that off with Rave On so here we have That'll Be The Day by Buddy Holly Well that'll be the day when you say goodbye yes that'll be the day when you make me cry you say you're gonna leave you know it's a lie cause that'll be when I die, well, you give me all your loving and your daughter loving All your hugs and kisses and your money too Well, you know you love me, baby Still you tell me maybe that someday will Well, that'll be the day when you say goodbye Yes, that'll be the day when you make me cry You say you're gonna leave You know it's a lie cause that'll be the day when I die When you say goodbye, yes, that'll be the day When you make me cry, you say you're gonna leave 
You know it's a lie Cause that'll be the day When I die well When Cupid shot his dart He shot it at your heart So if we ever part Then I'll leave you You say it and hold me And you tell me boldly That someday Well I'll be blue Well that'll be the day When you say goodbye Yes that'll be the day When you make me cry You say you're gonna leave You know it's a lie Cause that'll be the day When I die Well that'll be the day That'll be the day That'll be the day That'll be the day Alright, that was That'll Be The Day by Buddy Holly. Up next we have the second of their initial hits, which is the song Peggy Sue. Peggy Sue from Buddy Holly and the Crickets. That was the second of their two initial hits after That'll Be The Day. Now up next we have the sequel to this song, which is Peggy Sue Got Married. Uh, The version I have here is the Crickets version, not Buddy Holly's solo demo, which he recorded but never released on a proper album. 
So this version, to reiterate, is not sung by Buddy Holly himself. It was recorded after his death. It is sung by David Box, who is a Lubbock, Texas native like Buddy, uh, and apparently has a very similar voice, according to the band. So this here is Peggy Sue Got Married by Buddy Holly. Please don't tell No, no, no Don't say that I told you so I just heard a rumor from a friend I don't say that it's true I'll just leave that up to you If you don't believe I'll understand You recall a girl that's been in nearly every song This is what I heard Of course the story could be wrong She's the one I've been told Well, she's wearing a band of gold Peggy Sue got married not long ago was Peggy Sue Got Married by Buddy Holly. Up next we have the last of the four songs which is Rave On. Oh, hell, 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 little things you say and do Make me want to be with you too Rave On, it's a crazy feeling And I know it's got me feeling When you say I love you Rave On The way you dance and hold me tight Tell me 
Rave On from Buddy Holly. Deserves far more than that little section. He's a truly fascinating human being and musician. So if you're interested in finding out a bit more about him, then I would definitely recommend delving into his record collection and look, giving him a bit of a look up um, in the Encyclopedia uh, Britannica or something along those lines because he is a very, very interesting human being. But we are now going to be jumping in and having a look at Eddie Cochran, who is an equally famous uh, rockabilly and rock and roll musician, and he has written some truly fantastic hits, which are still played and enjoyed to this very day. He was born October 3rd, 1938. Again, like Buddy Holly, he became involved in music at a very young age, forming a band in high school with fellow guitarist Hank Cochran. No relation, apparently. (laughs) Uh, He taught himself how to play the blues guitar, which is a very, very blues thing to do. I think that's quite cool. His professional music career started when he met Jerry Capehart, who would go on to co-write a lot of his big hit songs. Uh, The first big hit he had was the song 20 Flight Rock, which was the main theme of the film The Girl Can't Help It. Uh, His use of, his use in films, um, his music, is a very defining part of his early career. His first two big hits are both from films. This is the first one, the second one being Sitting in the Balcony from the film Untamed Youth. Following his success with these two songs, he really hit his stride in 1958 when he released the song Summertime Blues, which was the ultimate appeal to the sun-loving teenager out for a cruise in the in the summertime. It is such a great anthem, and it's still a fantastic summer song to just bust out and jam to. It's just a great classic song. He released a few more hits in the, during this period between 1958 and 1959, which you may notice is extremely short. But uh, that's a bit more on that in a little bit. Um, One of his other hits was the song Come On Everybody, another song which I have here for you tonight. Now, the reason his career was so short is it ends in a very tragic way, similar to Buddy Holly. And there is a lot of very, very spooky correlation here, which is... It's just scary, actually, the story. Um, Apparently... He was very, very good friends with Buddy Holly. And when he heard about Buddy's death in the plane crash, um, he it really affected him. It gave him massive um, psychological trauma. And he began to have very morbid dreams of himself dying at a very, very young age. So he decided that the best way to prevent this horrible outcome was to give up music stop touring stop recording and retire um however he was pressured into recording more as it was his main uh, recording touring more my apologies as it was his main source of income and money was quite tight at the time so he was felt forced to complete the tour he was currently on 
and it was during that tour where he would be involved in a car accident uh, in a taxi with um, fellow artist Gene Vincent, his um, fiance Sharon Sheely, his tour manager Patrick Tompkin, and the taxi driver George Martin, only 19 years old as well. Um, Martin, apparently speeding at the time, lost control of the car and slammed into a tree. During this accident, uh, Eddie suffered very major trauma to his head, which put him into a coma. His fellow passengers suffered quite bad injuries as well. Sheely apparently suffered injuries to her back and thigh. Uh, Vincent, Jim Vincent, suffered injuries to his legs. And Tompkins suffered quite bad injuries to his face, as well as a suspected fractured skull. Uh, Martin walked away with minor injuries, surprisingly. Um, Eddie was actually forcibly ejected from the car during the crash and suffered severe blunt force trauma to his head, putting him in a coma. And later he died at the hospital. Which, uh, the whole story just freaks me out a wee bit. There's some real cosmic hoodoo going on there. Oh, sorry, that probably sounds very, very disrespectful. Just, yeah, that's that's how it seems to me. It was very, very freaky. Like Buddy Holly, as well, on a more positive note, like him, like his friend, Eddie Cochran would influence generations of musicians in both his innovative uh, playing techniques as well and just the music that he made. Uh, he's inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and he has been credited as one of the earliest uh, modern musicians to utilize the um, string bending technique uh, using an unwound third string. So I think loosening up a wee bit um, to bend his notes with his fingers into a different position, into a different note. Which sounds sort of trivial if you listen to a lot of modern music and or play uh, music nowadays. Um, bending guitar strings is not such a big deal. It's become such an important part of guitar and especially rock music sort of um, techniques. But it just sort of stands credit to him is that he helped pioneer this thing that is now almost inseparable from the uh, genre of rock and roll, which is nuts. That is a massive, massive achievement, I think. His songs have become legendary in status. Everyone knows them. Everybody loves hearing them. No one will protest if you put on Eddie Cochran song. And his songs have been covered by multitudes of musicians. I have a list here of musicians who have covered his songs. And those artists include Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, The Rolling Stones, Bruce Springsteen, Van Halen, Tom Petty, T-Rex, The Who. The list goes on and on and on. It's up there in number alongside some of the oldest of blues standards, really, which is amazing. So, I reckon that now is as good a time as any to start jumping in to Eddie Cochran's music and getting down with some of the summertime blues so, to kick off, we are going to have a look at... Um, actually, we're going to go chronologically. Sorry, so I <laughs> set you up there with that one, didn't I? Uh, we're going to be kicking off chronologically. So we're actually going to kick off with 20 Flight Rock, which is his first um, sort of successful song from his first outing alongside a film. 
following that i will be playing sitting in the balcony again another moderately successful song of his one of his earliest ones uh, which came out again alongside a second film and from there we'll be jumping into um, a couple of the biggest hits from his very very short career uh, kicking off with summertime blues the legendary classic itself and then i'll be rounding it out with come on everybody so here we are 20 flight rock well, up to dance on a Saturday night A hold alone where I can hold her time But she lives on the 20th of four pound The elevators are broken down So I walk one, two, five, three, five, four Five, six, seven, five, eight, five, more Up on the 12th, I'm suddenly dragged Fifteen to four, I'm ready to sack Get to the top, I'm too tired to rock Well, she called me up on the telephone Said, come on over, honey, I'm all alone I said, baby, you're mighty sweet but I'm in better with the egg and feet This went on for a couple of days But I couldn't stay away So I walked one, two, five, two, five, four Five, six, seven, five, eight, five, four I'm on the cliff, I'm starting to drag Fifteen to four, I'm ready to sag Get to the top, I'm too tired to rock For repairs, till it's a fixed time of using the stairs. Hope for her, of course, the rain. I love my baby too much to wait. All this climbing is getting me down. I find my corpse draped over a rail, but I climb one, two, five, three, five, four, five, six, seven, five, eight, five more. I'm on the cliff, I'm starting to drag. Fifteen to four, I'm ready to sight. Get to the top, I'm tired to rock. That was 20 Flight Rock from Eddie Cochran. Up next, we have Sitting on the Balcony. I'm just a sitting in the balcony. Just a watching a movie. Or maybe it's a symphony. I wouldn't know. I don't care about the symphony. Those assembles and the tinker. I'm just a sitting in the balcony. On the very last row I'll hold your hand I'll kiss you too Just sitting in the back and I hold my hands in the back and I just sitting in the back and I on the very last row. Stop loving to watch Bugs Bunny, but he can't take the place of my honey. <laughs> just sitting in the back, just 
to switch in the back, you know. Just a sitting in the back, you know. On the very last row. Just a hugging and a kissing with my baby in the very last row. Sitting on the balcony from Eddie Cochran. Up next, we have the classic itself, Summertime Blues. I'm a gonna raise a fuss, I'm a gonna raise a holler. About a working all summer just to try to earn a dollar. Every time I call my baby, try to get a date, my boss says, No dice, son, you gotta work late. Sometimes I wonder what I'm gonna do, but there ain't no cure for the summertime blues. Oh, well, my mom and papa told me, son, you gotta make some money. If you want to use a car to go a-riding next Sunday Oh, well, I didn't go to work Told the boss I was sick Now you can't use a car Cause you didn't work or live Sometimes I wonder what I'm gonna do But there ain't no cure for the summertime blues I'm gonna take two weeks Gonna have a fine vacation I'm gonna take my problem To the United Nations Well, I called my congressman And he said, quote I'd like to help you, son But you're too young to vote Sometimes I wonder What I'm gonna do But there ain't no cure For the summertime Summertime Blues from Eddie Cochran, an absolute legend of a song. And now we're going to wrap up with Come On Everybody. Have 
Come on, everybody, from Eddie Cochran. Absolutely great song and a perfect song to end on for the section on Eddie Cochran. Now, we are going to be getting into the last little bit of this section, which is going to be taking a look at Johnny Cash. Now, how do you condense Johnny Cash into 20 minutes? That is what I'm going to attempt to do, and I reckon it's going to go poorly. <laughs> but no, I am planning on doing a whole whole episode dedicated to Johnny Cash after this, because I feel like he's such an important figure in music, um, especially for these kind of genres. So I will be breaking him down a little bit more in the future. So consider this a bit of a taster for what is coming up. So, Johnny was born on February 26th, 1932. Uh, He was heavily influenced musically by gospel music, which absolutely pervades all through Johnny's music. Even his appearance on stage with the whole man in black look and looking like a preacher. So, gospel was a massive influence on him. He is a bit of an outlier in this episode, not going to lie about that. He does have a lot of rockabilly uh, tendencies but he is very much I feel like he's quite a mi- quite a mixture of genres it makes him very very hard to nail down he has obviously has a lot of gospel inflection a lot of rockabilly and country inflection however he also very frequently crosses the line into rock and roll as well which is definitely can be seen in his latest stuff like the song uh, God's gonna cut them down cut you down uh, one of his more modern ones is very much on the rock spectrum that song very very rock and rolly uh he so yeah he's quite hard to nail down but i think he belongs in this list in this particular episode due to just the sheer impact he had as an artist and the fact that this around this sort of time frame was when he was um go getting going so for this particular episode i will be looking a bit more at his early stuff so the Folsom prison kind of days i know he has some very very awesome tracks later down the line as well for example god's gonna cut you down as well as his cover of hurt which is always fantastic however i am not going to be looking into those ones quite as much due to just simply due to the fact that they were recorded outside of this particular time span but I will be looking at yeah his songs like False in Prison, as well as a few of his older ones like I Walk the Line, Ring of Fire, for example, as well. So, so there's a few good, quite good tracks in here coming up. Anyway, so like I said, he was heavily influenced by gospel music and country music, and he became quite a popular figure in music very, very quickly. Uh, some of the most famous concerts in history. Um, or in modern music history at least, uh, Johnny Cash concerts, for example his Folsom Prison Blues concert where he played to the prisoners of Folsom Prison. Uh, This was after he wrote the song by the way as well, just to clear that up. In regards to his early work, getting back on topic, 
he made his first recordings with Sun Records. Now, Sun Records popped up quite a lot in my Rock and Roll episode. They were a quite an important studio for the early days of 1950s rock and roll. And there is a truly awesome moment in this time period where Johnny Cash, Elvis Presley, and Carl Perkins are all in the same room. Which is like, oh my god. <laughs> it's like, that is a meeting of titans at that point. Uh, apparently they were recording. I think Carl and Perkins and Elvis were actually recording um, at the same time when Cash popped in. And they all ended up meeting up and having a bit of a jam. Which is awesome. And I think it one-ups my before favorite meeting of musicians which was jimmy page the edge of you two and jack white from the white stripes in the same room jamming which was pretty incredible but this one takes the cake i think he would make several records for sun records and would record with some very famous country musicians uh, the carter family most notably uh, and by the late 1950s his career had really taken off uh, but it was quite a dark time for Johnny as well. He had developed a bit of an outlaw image, just with his man in black, his grum, growly voice, and just general demeanour had given him this sort of mysterious outlaw image, which he revelled in. He really drove it home. However, he might have taken it a mite too far at times, as he got very, very heavily into drug use, which caused just a spiral of self-destruction um, for the next few years culminating in some pretty messed up events really where um one of which being lighting a forest fire in california which is not a very good place to light fires of any kind um that had some quite bad repercussions that were felt for many years afterwards um especially in their wildlife which drove away a big portion of their endangered condor population so that's i thought that was really interesting um, he eventually would recover from this. I think he addressed the first. He attests that the first time he really stopped and had a look at himself was when he was arrested um, and arrested for possession. And upon paying bail and being let out, a cop took him to one side and said, "Look, you need to sort yourself out. You're a very, very, you're a talented human being, an amazing per- like artist, and you're just wasting yourself at the moment." Uh, according to Johnny, um, that's what one of the first instances that caused him to try and kick his drug habit. And he did for a long time. However, he would relapse on and off throughout his life. But never, I don't think he never got as bad as he did during that initial period of his life where he was gaining a lot of popularity. Now, I am really racing through this here and that feels very wrong to be honest but again i am going to give him a whole episode to himself so don't hate on me too hard for skimming johnny cash quite like this in regards to his outlaw image um whilst considering the topic his habit of playing in prisons i find extremely interesting it is such a unique thing to him i feel or not not really unique i think there's a few other musicians that have done that kind of thing as well i think chuck berry as well has done that but it just it just seems synonymous so synonymous with johnny cash as a person and as a character like a figure in music 
for example um his Folsom prison gig the san quentin gig um record which produced two ex- exceptional live albums um uh, i just yeah he really revels reveled in that outlaw image and he was a writing machine as well i, I can't I, I still can't get over just how much stuff this man produced it seems as though every couple of years on top of his like old and current catalog of stuff every couple of years or so they seem to release a new johnny cash album which is full of new stuff and it's all pulled from these seemingly endless vaults that he must have must have had in his house which is just full of song like half recorded songs and ideas which are um found and put together and released and and it's amazing he had he's had vast numbers of albums just lying around effectively um when he died which is it was it's just nuts the man is an absolute genius when it comes to songwriting he is one of the greatest storytellers in song i think he really is one of the greatest but that's enough fawning for now i'm going to be jumping into his music now fortunately i only have three songs this time round, but i will make do with what we've got so i'm going to kick off with Folsom prison blues which seems to be absolute classic and it seems to be the best place to kick off with taking a look at the man's career following that up i have ring of fire which is just an amazing track again one of his most famous ones so you can't really go wrong with this and then we're going to top it off with walk the line which is all again exceptionally famous track and similar to eddie cochran uh has been actually i shouldn't say it's not similar to eddie cochran but more similar to peggy sue to be honest where it got its own movie named for it at any rate we're going to kick off now with Folsom prison blues i hear the train a coming it's rolling around the bend and i ain't seen the sunshine since i don't know when i'm stuck in Folsom prison and time keeps dragging on But that train keeps rolling On down to San Antonio When I was just a baby My mama told me, son Always be a good boy Don't ever play with guns But I shot a man in Reno Just to watch him die When I hear that whistle blowing I hang my head and cry I 
there's rich folks eating in a fancy dining car. They're probably drinking coffee and smoking big cigars. Well, I know I had it coming. I know I can't be free. But those people keep a moving, and that's what tortures me. That railroad train was mine I bet I'd move it on A little farther down the line Far from Folsom Prison That's where I want to stay And I'd let that lonesome whistle Blow my blues away Folsom Prison Blues from Johnny Cash, a legendary number. Up next, we have a Ring of Fire. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, down, down And the flames went higher And it burns, burns, burn The ring of fire The ring of fire Fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, down, down And the flames went higher And it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire The ring of fire The taste of love is sweet When hearts like ours meet I fell for you like a child Oh, but the fire went wild I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, down, down And the flames went higher And it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire The ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, down, down And the flames went higher And it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire The ring of fire And it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire The ring of fire The ring of fire 
Ring of Fire from Johnny Cash. Now we'll be getting into the last of the songs for tonight, which is Walk the Line. on this heart of mine I keep my eyes wide open all the time I keep the ends out for the tie that binds because you're mine I walk the line I find it very very easy to be true I find myself alone when each day's through Yes, I'll admit that I'm a fool for you Because you're mine, I walk the line As sure as night is dark and day is light I keep you on my mind both day and night And happiness I've known proves that it's right Because you're mine, I walk the line You've got a way to keep me on your side Give me cause for love that I can't hide For you I know I'd even try to turn the tide Because you're mine, I walk the line I keep a close watch on this heart of mine I keep my eyes wide open all the time I keep the ends out for the tie that binds Because you're mine, I walk the line Walk the line from Johnny Cash Now that concludes... Our show for tonight, I believe. That is the last song I have available. Um, So we are going to be wrapping things up about now. Thank you all so much for listening. If this was your first time listening to the show, I hope you enjoyed it. In fact, I hope everyone enjoyed it, regardless if you've been listening to it for since it started or if you just tuned in now. I hope that everyone had a really good time listening to this. This is some great music and it is great fun to play it and to talk about it. So, following up from this, this will be the sort of the conclusion to the um, rock and roll trilogy. Um, so after this, we'll be back full circle. After the immediate genre after this was rock and roll. However, I've already covered that. So from this point, I can go all kinds of directions, genre-wise and style-wise, or even artist-wise. So I reckon I'm going to just zoom in on Johnny Cash simply because I can't just leave. Um, 
him with this brief three song spotlight at the tail end of a Wav one episode that just feels wrong so i think the next one will be a johnny cash spotlight following that uh i will be jumping i could go anywhere really i think soul might be on the list as well sort of stepping outside of it or i am possibly the british uh, invasion or the british blues movement so that might so there's a lot of different avenues to go down genre wise and so just stay tuned for that i feel i'm le- yeah after johnny k i feel i'm leading towards the blues i think personally british blues very interesting genre a lot of very influential bands within it but i guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens there at any rate again thank you all so much for tuning in it really does make this um, completely worth it i will be restarting the facebook page which i used to be running more frequently um this time however it will be linked in to fresh fm's main page as well which should make it way easier to find Uh, I realized it was probably quite hard to find when it was just its own isolated island in a sea of millions of isolated islands. Uh, Again, so you can watch this episode as a podcast on FreshFM's website, freshfm.net. You can also catch this as a replay Thursday mornings at 2 if you're feeling that way inclined. Right, again, I keep saying again and again and again, but thank you all for tuning in. It's been an absolute pleasure. Have a good two weeks. Ta-ta. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this podcast available by funding the Access Media Project. Other great podcasts from Fresh FM are available through the accessmedia.nz app or our website freshfm.net.